is Sunday Weekcap. Weekcap. Sunday <laughs> Recap. I was thinking of the next part, weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church Podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more sermon recordings, for recordings of our podcasts, to submit any questions or comments you might have, visit bgrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit bgrace.org. I'm Joy Clone, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Chris Webster, assistant pastor of Plectrums and Papers. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I'm Dave McMurray, preaching pastor. And and Jim is here with us. You can say hello if you, you want. I didn't want to put the, the pressure. Pastor of execution. Yes. Oh! <laughs> you win. You win <laughs> the, the title war. <laughs> Jim is here with us because he taught this Sunday and uh we suckered him into being here with us. Uh, I think he tried every excuse in the book to get out of it. Mm-hmm. He uh, moved all the furniture out of his living room, mm, yeah. tried to get carpet reinstalled. Uh, what else did he do? I don't know. He tried everything. But he we called the cable company. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> so so I, I was telling Jim, we have new intro music I was playing with this week. <sighs> And I really wanted... Oh, you were going to talk about it later? No, it, no. This was my next thing. I was oh, like, well, well, oh, did okay. you guys hear that new intro okay. music? <laughs> wow, so cool. Tell us about it, Chris. Okay, well, now you go, Chris. You know, what I was going to say is... I could talk about that, but I was going to have Jim entrance music so that anytime oh. Jim's on the podcast, it's like, dun, 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 and you know, yeah. Jim has entered the room. So. Jim gets Mighty Mouse music? Is that yeah, what that was? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it sounded I think like so. Mighty Mouse. That was from, I don't know what it was going to be. Well, so. I, I did rearrange my office mm. and uh, tried to make it work for four people, and we'll see if, uh, it's good. It's if we make it through. Cozy is the right word. Mm-hmm. Jim said we're in a pod, and that's why it's called a podcast. Mm, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's this it. Is, this is all four pastors right now. Mm-hmm. All four of us. Everybody. Mm-hmm. The dream team. True. If you mm. look at the bottom of your screen, it's going to have... No, it doesn't. It doesn't have anything. Mm. <laughs> you know, like the lower thirds, it's got everybody's names. Mm. Well, mm. this week, um, it's it's not a normal time. It's 2, 20, like 3 or 4. So, what? what? <laughs> I don't know. Chris was doing that. How are we supposed to do this? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I lost everything already. Welcome, Jim. So glad you're here. This is what happens every week. Um, you should have been here a second ago when Dave walked across the table, and uh, I don't even know what we're talking about, but it was bad. Not bad, but the it table was strange. Me. Yes. Well, if Dave runs out in the middle of the podcast, it's because his uh, daughter is having a baby, mm-hmm. but so far, no news. So far, no news. No news is no good news. news. And we're trying to not harass my daughter. Yeah, stop harassing your daughter. But, you know, Leave the Beecham's be. Yes. Baby Beecham. Does Baby Beecham have a name? Uh, I refer to her as Davida. Yeah, of course you do. But I feel like, as it gets closer, I feel like they're not going to go with that name. Okay. But do you know what the name is? We do not. They have not told us. Okay. But you do know gender? It's going to be a girl. Most likely. I mean, that's what the... So the doctor said. Ultrasounder. Thanks. It already is a girl. And yeah. it will be a girl as well. Both. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm. So that was profound. So mm. complicated. Well, we're in uh, our Church is Not What You Think series mm-hmm. in Titus chapter 3, looking at verse 1 through 7 today. Um, like I said, Jim is here. We forced him to come because he taught yesterday. Um, he is here against his will. He did a great job. He, he did, did a great job, Jim. Yeah, he did. Thank you. Mm. There you go. That's all we get from him today. <laughs> Thank you. We need like a one of those USB buttons that will play yes. it every time that we do uh, it. Yeah. Good. Next week we'll have buttons for you. It'll have sound effects. Um, but Jim, this week from Titus chapter 3, uh, talked about God's family expectations. Um, that was your title, correct? That is correct. Correct. Look at that. We got it. That is correct. And his three main points were... Um, what is expected, why we can do what is expected, and how God changes us. Is that accurate? Did I get those? Changed. Changed. I have an S out there. Man. Mm. Oh, no. Not good. <laughs> Not good. Mm. I'm fired. Let's start over. <laughs> no, All right. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> uh, so, I guess a little bit before we start, anybody have any comments on just overall theme? Um, you did. Uh, I almost said, Dave, you started off by... Jim started off by talking about how our families have expectations, other families have expectations, and so does God's family. God's family has... Do you have new glasses again, Dave? Uh, oh, 
I have two pairs. Okay. That's it. Well, oh, last week, last week I wore okay. my backup. I like cheap drugstore readers. So okay. I have like really five pairs if you count all the drugstore readers. Yeah. No drugstore but stuff. These here. are actual, what do you call them, where you send off and you tell them numbers and stuff? Uh huh. Real prescription glasses? That. Uh-huh. Yes. My expectation for you is to wear your real glasses. That's our expectation in this family. Yes. Well, God's family <laughs> expectations, any overarching theme ideas anybody wants to bring up before we move into main points? <laughs> I thought it was great. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a recurring theme of showing perfect courtesy. Any mm. thoughts on that? Any ideas? Or are we just going to go straight to it? This is going to be so hot. I think I we can dive in. I was, I was uh, thinking, we talked a little bit about your intro and family expectations. And Did you guys have, was there like any big standout family expectations that were felt unique to your families growing up? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Everyone's silent because like their families watch the roast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Mom, turn off well, the podcast. Well, I've been going through the Celebrate Recovery Step Study Dealio, and they talk about, they ask that question specifically, mm-hmm. like, did you have a family secret, or was there a, mm. an always or a never, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, so in my family, I was sat down when my folks split up and told, we're getting divorced, but it's going to be okay. And so we were kind of talked through how how fine it was going to be, mm. how like no big deal it would be. And so from then yeah. on, every time that came up in any kind of playground conversation with another kid, like my parents are divorced, but it's okay. I would just say that again and again. And I, I didn't realize until mm. I was like 15 or 16, like, no, this is terrible. This, this was horrible. But mm. that was like a little, you had your pre-fed talking points. Yeah. Talking mm. points. Totally. Yeah. So it was just weird. I literally said that <laughs> phrase over and over again, but it's okay. And mm. I think I'm a comforter. So I think you'd, you know, you'd see people like, Oh, your parents are divorced. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's cool. You know, mm. but I realized later, no, it wasn't okay. It was kind of crummy. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. so that's like a negative expectation. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, I think mine saying that my parents expected us not to embarrass them actually mm. arose from, the fact that they were shamed by something that happened mm-hmm. and uh, that was me being sexually abused mm-hmm. and them finding out and then not dealing with it in a mm-hmm. way that they could actually discuss it so it became something we're just not going to talk about that mm-hmm. so wow. so they kind of buried it it took me 40 <clears throat> years to figure out that i needed to talk about that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 so a lot of our experiences are on the negative side of expectations. And yeah. was there, any, I don't know, were there any good ones? Any like, you must strive to mm. do? One for know. us was creativity. That was a core value. Mm. We were trained, encouraged, almost commanded to be creative. And that, so <laughs> that's probably caused some <laughs> weirdness. It's probably caused difficulty for my staff team. But in general, <laughs> I think it's been a positive thing. In my life, you played with macaroni a lot, right? But yeah, anything you could make a craft out of, we did it. We had an entire cabinet that was just full of, I think what my wife would call, you know, trash. But <laughs> most people would treasures call it in our family. Treasures. Growing up, it was yes, creative treasures. We would glue and color and paint. I I drew mainly, but we would do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of my expectations for my family ones. Yeah, we were at church all the time mm-hmm. all the time sunday mm-hmm. mo- sunday wednesday thursdays a lot um and then yeah i guess i i mean it's no surprise the musical expectation was like you will take piano um mm-hmm. my dad was always on worship team so i guess that was another i think that went in with the creative thing too so mm-hmm. um maybe not very unique but that was mine yeah mm-hmm. i think expectation in my family was also that you would work hard so mm-hmm. From the time mm-hmm. I was like 12 years old, I was doing a paper route and mm-hmm. working during high school at a shoe store and, mm-hmm. you know, working as the church janitor. So there's always jobs. We were always mm-hmm. doing something. Mm-hmm. The church janitor part makes a lot of sense now, Jim. Mm-hmm. It's come to fruition. Oh. <laughs> you run the church janitor staff now. So. Yeah. The king of the janitors. <laughs> the janitor king. Uh, that's great. Well, how about... Uh, I don't really, uh, sorry, I'm not avoiding your answering your question, except I just mm. couldn't think of anything off the top of my head, and I've got my script, so I'm going to keep no pushing. No worries. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so your first point, Jim, was what's expected. 
And you talked a little bit about how, um, I guess, there, there's a more full explanation if we look at Romans, uh, let's see, there's 17 or 13. My writing's real good. Yeah, 17, 13. 13. 13. Through 7, yeah. Oh, man, that looks like a 7. <laughs> and uh, and First Peter is another place we can look at for a more full explanation of what God expects. I can't speak today. Ooh, okay. Anybody else All want right. this? You want this? Mm-hmm. You're doing great. Yeah, what man. God's Hang expectations are. Um, in this text... And this portion, you kind of focused on God expects submissiveness. Um, you started off by saying it's not um, it's not like a rollover and, and you do whatever they want type of submissiveness. Anybody have any input on what type of submissiveness it is then? If it's not a rollover and do whatever you want, whatever they want? Well, I heard two positive examples one one was show perfect courtesy that was kind of a repetition and then the other was it's actually a love or a type of love submission is loving people that have you know authority or leadership yeah i came across that in a uh, devotional we were doing a week and a half or two weeks ago and it was just so surprising to see Hmm. submission as an act of love Mm -hmm. you just Mm -hmm. don't think of it that way Mm -hmm. and so i thought I just have to include that because mm. it is an act of love that is being demonstrated towards God mm. because of the love he's shown to us. We're trying to we're trying to be what he wants us to be mm. towards what he has put in effect in those authorities and rulers. Mm. Yeah, and so the submission in this section is specifically talking about the rulers that got put over us, right, in this section. Right. And uh, you spent a good bit of time talking about that um, and – and I guess my question, to go a little deeper uh, related to it, and you, and you addressed it, but if anyone else wants to chime in on it, is, you know, there are some exceptions to this rule, right? And and I think, Jim, you phrased it as um, if a leader is, is going against God's, I don't remember, I wrote it down. Um, I don't know. Anybody help? Standards or? God's uh, standards or something, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, like Daniel. Yeah, like, like Daniel or like um, Peter and John. You gave that mm-hmm. example. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times to oppose, I don't know, it, when it dishonors God. That's what you said. Mm. Too many notes and too mm. small writing, too dark of a room. This happens <laughs> we, every week. I need to fix one of those problems. <laughs> the, we were talking about this in small group, and uh, Jim's my leader there, so I got double dose of Jim. Double this, Jim. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but the one, that came, to gym. <laughs> the one that came to mind for me was David and Saul. Mm-hmm. And when, when you know, Saul's trying to kill David and David's on the run and there's those mm-hmm. moments where Saul's in, the, Saul's in the cavern and David's hiding in there and he, he just says a few different times, who am I to kill the Lord's anointed? And so... I thought that was such a capturing of what you're talking about, like that God actually put this authority in, my, in place, and I'm there's a way I'm honoring without letting him just, oh, well, fine, you can kill me, you know, so there's a strange tension for David. Um, so that was, that was the picture that came to mm-hmm. mind for me from mm-hmm. Scripture. Yeah, I think that hits on the, the point that I'm kind of feeling and, and trying to, to flush out, I guess, is that you can submit without you know, fully, like, being, I don't know, for the person is the right word, but mm. mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so, something we talked about on mm-hmm. on Thursday was the difference between um, falling in line and then the word that Jim used, which is uh, aligning ourselves mm-hmm. with God's authority. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's kind of a, it might be nuanced, it might be too nuanced, but mm-hmm. the difference between, like, falling in line, I'm just going to do whatever they say, and aligning ourselves with God's authority and saying, you know, God places person in authority. I'm going to do my best to show them perfect courtesy. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I sell my soul to them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim gave two extremes. Uh, where were they? I don't know. This is what happens when you have all the thoughts in your head, but you can't from read your own writing. <laughs> uh, he gave two extremes. One of them was idolatry of like mm-hmm. 100% being for the person. And one of them was mm-hmm. rebellion or something to that effect. Yeah. Any help those, from anyone? Yeah, that? I think that was it, right? Was that it, Jim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so I kind of focused on the idolatry portion because we tend to see people, at least in our culture, thinking that uh, whoever's in power are either absolutely wrong 
or if they were just there, we would have everything going the way we want it to, and life mm-hmm. would be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and kind of the role of government, you talked to some, like their the role should be that they're taking care of people and they're mm-hmm. keeping things in order. And sometimes that doesn't always work out, but mm-hmm. but we're still called to to recognize God's authority in placing them, mm-hmm. placing leaders. Oh. Yeah, I think that brings up things we've talked about over the years of, I think they call it um, functional deism, which mm-hmm. can you de- define deism? I don't, you probably do it better than I could. I have a layman's... The image that I think is helpful is like the watchmaker God, like that God kind of set everything in motion and then he's... He's like stepped left it up back. to us. Yeah, I stepped back mm-hmm. from. And so I think there's that that very strong temptation, especially as Americans, where we are involved in the political process and we've helped in some way to set up the laws. That that we we have this. It's all up to us, and God's not involved in this process. And mm-hmm. there's no you know there's no change that's going to happen without us doing it in our own wisdom and our own strength. And um, and so I, I just have become more and more aware over the years of how even as Christians, sometimes we can have this functional deism where we may not say we believe that God has left it all alone, but mm. that's how we act. Or, you know, another poetic way of saying it is we're orphans here and we've got to mm. we've got to figure it out for ourselves. Um, I wonder if that's not an American slash United Statesian, whatever the right word is for that. Mm-hmm. If there's yeah. not if that's not something that we struggle with mostly or more mm. because of, uh, I guess, demo- dem- democracy. 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 You know, we vote mm-hmm. for our leaders, so yeah. we have some power in that, and it makes it feel like... My, su- my uh, suspicion mm-hmm. is, yeah, I think, I think I can only speak for Americans deeply, so that's part of why I say that. Um, I'm not going to you know be able to speak for someone in a third world or something, but my suspicion is, depending on how far it goes, a lot of people who are just completely at the mercy of a, a horrible dictatorship, they know how vulnerable they are and they need a God to step in. That's their only hope. And so we are able to kind of sometimes um, feel like, like have this, this safety net that allows us to not go all the way and say, oh my gosh, like kind of that rock bottom of, Oh wow! I'm really not in control. We can feel in control mm-hmm. and have that illusion kept up longer mm-hmm. than yeah. some people mm-hmm. po- possibly is my suspicion. Yo, yeah, I, I think that's like, part of it. I would also add wealth is a part of that. Sure, and it's hard to just it's hard to settle like what what's the line between our personal wealth and our personal independence? But they're they're like overlapping ideals, you know? Because hmm. I have heard that people that grew up in severe poverty have less of a sense of control and like that they can do anything about their life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What, what about um, the, so we're called to submission. That looks like um, perfect courtesy is, is what the text says and kind of what, what Jim drawed out a lot um, and how that shows God's love to other people. Um so you said God enables us to show perfect courtesy, and we get into why we can do that and, and how God changed us in a minute. But um, I guess my question is, I don't really know what my question is. Um, how does perfect courtesy show God's love to other people? Mm-hmm. If anybody has any ideas on that. <coughs> so how does submitting to authority, how does having mm-hmm. courtesy or perfect courtesy? Well, it's abnormal. Mm. I think because we tend to just ignore those people who are serving us at DMV or some other place where the authority, the bureaucrats we deal with just seem to be faceless people that we have to go do things with that we don't like doing. Mm. And so we tend not to treat them. In fact, we it's not even how we treat them badly. It's just that we don't acknowledge them as really important. Mm. Mm-hmm. We just we do go do our stuff, mm-hmm. check out, check it off my list, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I'm in there for. Mm-hmm. And so I think what it's really pointing out to is you really care for people as people wherever you are, whatever you're doing that has mm-hmm. to do with government or or anything. And because I know it's easy for me just to walk by people that are in a store anywhere else because I'm on a task. Mm-hmm. I want to get something done. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, it's a reminder to me that. Hey, there's people out there 
there's no harm in treating them nice. Mm-hmm. We could replace their jobs with robots, though, and then you wouldn't have to interact with them. <laughs> good point. I, <laughs> not, it was not a good point, ladies and gentlemen. And what it makes me think of um, is, and we again, we talked about that at Small Group, but uh, there's these characters I've seen that show up in literature, and I, I, I don't know if this is like a masculine thing. I don't think so. Actually, I know it's not. But um, these characters that are unshakable in their identity and purpose um and so there's not this chip on their shoulder where they are you know you said one bad thing about me i'm gonna challenge you to a duel or whatever it is like we have that modern version of just like if there's any slight against me i am gonna dive in and react and i have to defend my honor and there's there's that but but how attractive and winsome and beautiful it is when you see someone who just is not phased by someone being petty towards them they mm-hmm. they're able to just just shrug it off and and even and even kind of do what's good for them that that is a shocking moment mm-hmm. and and that's shocking enough when one person does it but when you see a group of people doing that and and mm-hmm. having that same pattern shared among them that is that's a glorious thing to aspire to and to see um, i think that that would cause people to take notice they'd say that kind of otherworldly or supernatural mm. you know yeah well submissive is the kind of the main expectation that you put spend a lot of time on but there's also the expectation of being kind and gentle expectation of obedience of peacefulness uh gentle and then perfect courtesy were there other ones i know i missed some in that any other expectations in that section that y'all remember or took notes on or highlight? Well, that just voices from an introvert's point of view. I think as introverts, we wait to see what the other person will initiate often. Mm. And I think, uh, well, that can be okay. It often puts us in a position where we're not going to initiate anything. Mm. And so I feel like it reminds us that we should initiate whenever possible. Mm. Because that starts things off with a proper and more positive thing if we're going to be friendly and we're going to care for people. It's mm, really good. One question I thought it might be helpful, too, in, in talking about application is what – so I'm, I'm trying to find where that line is from from godly submission but also not being rolled over. You mm-hmm. know, what? so maybe it helps to define what is the bad version of, of – uh, interacting with authority is it just completely um is well, it just complete goes, anarchy you well know, it goes what back to that? two right like, yeah so there's complete anarchy or what i wrote as um super anti-authority and mm-hmm. then super idolatrous right like those are the two mm-hmm. negatives of that i think those are that's what mm-hmm. at least jim brought up and I, I agree with that i think you could either submit and honor and respect them but not think that they're god and not mm-hmm. think that they do everything perfectly and and or you can say you're the devil and like so, mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe the word honor is a big like you can you can hmm. dishonor people with the way is that is that a good word or to hold on to or honor. what makes you think of the whole passive aggressive <coughs> thing that people mm-hmm. who are rebelling <laughs> against authority get into where they'll say yes sir no sir, but <laughs> what they're doing while they're working is really not supporting mm. the authority or the ruler that they're working under. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Second point? Yep. Okay. Why we can do what's expected. So God's family has expectations. We talked about some of them. We focus mostly on submissiveness, but also looking at being kind, gentle, obedient, peaceful, gentle. I said kind and gentle and gentle twice. <laughs> and have, having perfect courtesy. So why can we do those things? Why can we do what's expected? Um, and I guess, Jim, you started a little bit with talking about uh, what we used to be. You know, we used to be rebels against what God expected. Um, we used to hate others, used to hate each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about hatred being not just what we would think of as like super crazy anger, but also being just withholding love. I thought that was a good mm. A good look at what hatred is um and then you talked a little bit i guess about not being able to change on our own right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. uh not being you know we, we might try to act a certain way we might try not to act a certain way 
And you talked about the motivation for that being, I think you said fear and pride. So I wonder if anybody had any thoughts on motiv- motivations for why we um, try and change ourselves or would, would try and change on our own. You know, thoughts on motivation besides fear and pride. Actually, it was Keller's thought, and I stole it. Hmm. Well, so that's allowed. It's a good guy to steal from. <laughs> Thanks for citing your sources. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the footnotes of his sermon in the first place. <laughs> right. It's biblical. Fear, pride. Hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think the gospel is really the only other motivation. Right? Those are the three ways. Fear, pride, and gospel. What do you think? Yeah, because we often talk of the opposite of faith being fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we see that the root of sin boiling up in our lives is our pride. We see that from Mm -hmm. Satan in the very beginning and how he was tossed out of heaven because of it. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, that that would kind of name all three motivations that you could have. It's really interesting because we we just went to a, a thing down in Austin meeting and the speaker was talking about cynicism mm. and I was just connecting the dots in my head of so he was saying uh, we we um, even as pastors we can slip into this cynicism which is basically saying all of this isn't going to end badly I can't really trust anybody because I I know what's really going on in your heart and um, but I was just connecting those dots of that's kind of this dangerous uh, cocktail of fear and pride of like, I, I know everything mm-hmm. and I'm afraid of being hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be cynical about everything. And that's a way where I distance myself. And um, yeah, and it's the opposite of faith that God is working through people, even when we don't understand, even when mm-hmm. we can um, mm. be scared to, to lean in, you know, kind of thing. Um, so that was just... <laughs> that's interesting yeah my i was talking to my son today and he was saying actually i said we just heard somehow cynicism came up and i was like oh we just went to this thing and the guy talked about cynicism and he was like well it's that's funny because a friend just had me over for dinner and we talked about cynicism you know he's like and then i just felt like i was really struggling with it the next day and i was like you know what you should do son you should write a song about that that's cynicism. he's like Oh, yeah, I just did. <laughs> so Whoa. I haven't gotten to listen to it yet. But hey. Yeah, so apparently cynicism's coming. Yeah, it's something, something we need to be thinking about because I feel like it keeps coming up in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Apparently cynicism's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, title, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, verse 4 in the section is, is where the power to change comes from, right? So um, I guess Jim used this phrase, because it's in the text, and he says, "But when God appeared, He mm-hmm. saved us." I saw that had that huge ring to the whole "but God," right? Like mm-hmm. we see that all over Scripture, uh, the idea that like this is how you were, this is what it was. But God, in His mercy, but God, and fill in the blank, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I don't really know where I was going with that, other than. Um, you talked about us thinking that there are rules, and if we follow the rules, that God has to accept us. Um, but really that his rules show us that we're all in the penalty box, right? You talked about um, flicker ball or whatever, mm. showed a picture of you playing hockey in the penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but his shows, his shows, his rules show that we're all in the penalty box and that we're unable to get on our own. Then you also talked about um, signing day and how it's not a draft, right? Based on... Um, some assessment of our own abilities it's the but god right it's by god's love he loves us because he loves us any thoughts on that idea on the big power to change in verse four the i guess pinnacle of this section well dave and i talked about this last week he mentioned uh, that grace showed up in every one of those sections of titus Mm -hmm. as the major change agent in our lives Mm -hmm. and and I was tying to that that the appearing shows up also. Mm. So it's it's the word mm. manifest in like the first couple of verses, and then in chapter two it's appearing, and then in chapter three it's the appearing again. Mm. And so, even though grace isn't mentioned in this passage, uh, it is spelled out by what God did. That mm. was His grace to do that. Mm. Would you say it's related to epiphany? <laughs> epiphany. 
I loved January sixth. Six, seven, six. You touched on you, you. You talked a little bit about this that um, that God's love. He loved us because He loved us. There's no. It's not a reaction to anything. And I was just thinking, you know, digging even more deeply in my mind, I guess, about. Um, so he's his love is not dependent on anything. I think that's that you know that was inferred by all of your saying. Um, but then also that all of our love is a response a reaction right to mm. god's love so i just love that as a picture of god god being the originator the the definition we know that of love mm. but he it is it exists without any need right his love for us and then any piece of love we ever show is a reaction to that love and should be a rela- reaction to that love so yeah, it, it brings a question to my mind we we talk about biblically love being an action word, mm. and yet when I th- address God's love, I didn't tie it to the action mm. as much as I think I'd like to, because mm. we tend Show to make Jesus. yeah we mm. tend to make it sound like God just had this emotion towards us, mm. and I need to I need I'm thinking I need to tie that more to and this is the love, mm. this was done in action, mm-hmm. mm. yeah, that's good. Hmm. Good connection. Yeah. Um, Focusing on his appearance, you said a line that I thought was pretty uh, clutch. I don't know. That's the word I was going to use, but that sounds so (laughs) I like it. Uh, You said, his appearance is what saves us, and he is continually appearing through us. Mm -hmm. And that that kind of, for me, tied it back to that idea you were talking about before of how submission can and how perfect courtesy can show christ's love and how submission is an act of love and you're saying you know he's he's continually still appearing through us Mm. um i don't know if that makes sense or not but Mm -hmm. um tied to the fact that he changed us by his grace he took us out of the penalty box rescued us from our inability to conform to the rules Mm. um i don't know that we're not striving for god's affection we already have it Mm -hmm. that kind of section i'm still in your words a lot of points there mm-hmm. so that's good yeah i love that thinking too tying that to what you just said about love being action that god still loves us which means he's still active among us and helping us you know yeah it's um it's it fights against that functional deism that we're just here on our own if god loves me that doesn't just mean he's sitting up in heaven with affection towards mm-hmm. me he's actually actively at work any other thoughts on point two on why we can do what's expected? Well, I thought the point about Paul was really helpful, too, just to clarify that Paul, if anybody had reasons to boast in the flesh, it was Paul, mm. and he still does not boast in the flesh. You know, but he, his boast is in Christ's love for him. It's mm. mm. a helpful way to draw that out. Well, for point three, then, mm-hmm. point three. How God changed us from verses 5 through verse 7. And basically, this section is on uh, regeneration and rebirth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you said God's plan for regeneration is one person, one heart at a time, incremental change until that culminates in Jesus coming back. Mm. It's like, Because mm, mm. <laughs> we always are like, oh, it's so distant. Oh, He's going to change everything. He's going to make all things new. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, he's making all things new. Mm, That's Mm -hmm. a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, you made it, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Any thoughts? He also also talked some about uh, salvation and justification and the simultaneousness of that. Mm, Yeah. Um, We don't work for our justification. You said that somewhere. Yeah, I did. It's not. A, it's not a goal we're trying to achieve. Mm. It's been done to us. Uh, well, and you said it affects the way he sees us, right? So he sees mm. you as um, how you're going to be for eternity, right? Mm. Um, this is the air and justified and might section that you're talking about. Yeah, it goes back to that old DNA thing that we have the DNA of righteousness. And we just haven't gotten out of our cocoon yet to become the butterfly that we already are. Hmm. I'm sure you've heard that. I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yes. uh, but that, that, that was helpful yeah. for me. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, anyway, we, we often hear that example used, mm-hmm. and I don't want to use the example again, but it just uh, it just 
really wanted to make it clear that we sometimes think that we're getting better and better by what we do and forget that the Holy Spirit is at work within us. He's the transforming agent. We're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool how you talked about him seeing what we're going to be because I, I tend to focus on he sees us now in Christ. He sees us as Christ, which is which is part of that. But there was something, I don't know, there was just something that hit me like, no, he really is making me like that too, which is a big mm-hmm. New Testament emphasis as well. So there's a supernatural I am in Christ now, but there's also a that is making me. <laughs> like Christ progressively that I just I think sometimes I forget well I think it was yeah the phrase I use renewing we're being renewed by the Holy Spirit which came up with the the uh, rising to new life and baptism and being renewed mm-hmm. it's an ongoing process mm-hmm. that God is working on apart from justification now we, mm-hmm. we would use that big word sanctification for that but, yeah. mm-hmm. we talked in small group a little bit about uh how you can tell that you're being changed and what what ways you can <laughs> notice that and i was <laughs> i was thinking about that too it's so closely tied to honesty and mm-hmm. um so people brought up um journaling so being honest enough to journal your actual thoughts and feelings over time and being able to look back and say oh wow like I don't think like that anymore or I don't struggle mm. with that anymore or quite the same way um, or or walking alongside of others and being honest enough to where they can tell you mm. you you mentioned that you had this problem and you don't seem to have that anymore or mm. you know just seeing that progression but that completely hinges upon actually being honest right mm-hmm. actually <laughs> saying what's going on mm. so if we're just wearing our our Sunday smiles People aren't going to see progress possibly, and you may not be able to notice it as much if you're just putting your your fake face on. And Hmm. even me, like I have trouble being honest on paper because someone's going to find it and read it, you know. So I have to find a good lock for my diary or something. But you know, (laughs) uh, but really, it does it hinges on honesty with yourself and honesty with others to be able to actually make progress which is the most important thing but then to notice that progress i guess um did you have any more thoughts on that as we were kind of muddling our way through (laughs) that in small group no i thought i thought people really open and talking about what they do and what they've Hmm. seen i think there's there really is a fuzziness to us being able to discern what's really changing in us sometimes Hmm. and so i think community really helps with that i think there's and i looked at several things recently that have a difference between transparency and vulnerability mm-hmm. see transparency you can tell everybody this is what's going on in my life but you do it in a way that nobody's allowed to tell you or help you with that mm-hmm. vulnerability says this is what's going on in my life and you're allowed to comment mm-hmm. you're allowed to interact with me on that issue mm-hmm. and and that's because the holy spirit's in each one of us mm-hmm. What other people say to me, what other people, how they react to me and how they interact with those things that I'm telling them is somewhat the Holy Spirit talking to me, mm-hmm. right? And so they can get a great deal of help in community that we mm-hmm. often don't take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a leadership danger is we get in the habit of leading and not, sorry, I'm going to rhyme, not needing. This <laughs> <laughs> is the first word I could think of, okay? I love it. So, you know what I mean? Like that's just that's just an occupational hazard. Kind of going back to the guy that spoke mm-hmm. at the pastor's lunch last week, talking about cynicism as an occupational hazard. You can get, you know, cynical to protect yourself. You can also just get in the habit of like, well, it's my job to tell people what to do, and forget like, oh yeah, I need I need people. I need people to speak into my life. And, we even go to the so far as so if you're not already in leadership role and you're but you want to be or you know just mm-hmm. normal person in a church. You can see not needing anyone anymore as the that's I've the arrived. Goal. Like yeah. that's the goal. It's like when I can finally be a mm-hmm. successful, not needing person, and that's mm-hmm. that's dangerous, right? But I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. just me. You guys, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I would tie this whole idea into our partnership here at Grace Bible Church. Right, mm-hmm. our partnership is very different than other churches' membership. Hmm. Um, in that, there's like no rights and privileges. 
mm. involved in our membership. Mm. But that is the right or the privilege is that you're saying, I want to be vulnerable and I want you I want to be vulnerable and I want to help you in your vulnerability, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that makes sense. Yeah. That's that's what yeah. our partnership's about. So yeah. if you've been wondering about partnership, mm, that's plug. what it's about. Mm. Not if you live form. in El Paso. Needing each other. Not a partner so, locally here. Speaking of, you shared a song. Oh yeah. That I think the dude just played last week, right? Yeah. What, didn't he, he play did, the song? Yes. Okay. You're, you're gonna sing it for us right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Rest easy. You don't have, have to, to work so hard. hard. You can rest just easy. easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so just like good. it's like a chorus. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I was getting it from both sides. That was we're gonna release I'll our make album. Sh- uh, <laughs> I'll make sure to put the auto tune on on that section. I couldn't remember the tune really because he sang it acoustic by himself at this concert last week and then i just went to find it after you quoted it and it was this orchestral arrangement i was like wait is this the same song i kind of confused my brain but it starts out you're not alone you're not alone yeah so good so i'm gonna jump on did you finish where you're gonna i was just gonna ask him why that how that song was meaningful Ah, to him it was great i loved it but yeah i don't know well i i love andrew peterson's music andrew peterson's music is uh, has been an, a, a thing God used in my life to help me through hard times mm-hmm. and really help me uh, see some things that I hadn't seen before what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And so that particular song, every time I hear it, I think, yep, I need to hear that. I need mm-hmm. to hear that I don't have to keep performing mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not the person I ought to be. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I was going to tie that in. So, uh, I got to ask him a question. One question at the end after this little talk he gave. Got to ask about, like, no, sorry, Andrew Peterson. Uh-huh. Ask Andrew <laughs> Peterson. Uh, so Andrew's just wrote a book about art, artistry and community and the connection. So I was, mm-hmm. so I just asked him, what what's one? Uh, I forget what I said. Unexpected or unique thing you learned about artistic community? And I'm, you know trying to trying to find some way to to build this like oh, songwriters together or something he said well you know i don't know if it's surprising or not but uh the guys that i have fun with are the guys i trust with art um so i think you should just like have fun with people <laughs> and, and I, i'm just applying that everywhere now and thinking oh so if you're wanting to find a place to be honest like just start with having fun with people you know i think especially as adults like we get so busy running and accomplishment accomplishing and we can say i, I want to be on mission with other people so mm. i'm going to find these people that are going to accomplish the task together and that's great and good but maybe you should just have fun <laughs> to like start somewhere and like start to learn to trust people by finding people you can have fun with and enjoy life with and 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 yeah do look for that next step of of being honest but uh I don't know. I just maybe someone out there needed to hear that, like I did. Like, uh, just like have fun. Don't always have this uh, agenda that must be met every time you get together. That is like, if we didn't check these boxes of accountability, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not really how friendships are made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't start with that deepness. You have to start somewhere. Maybe well, that's easier. the big part of C.S. Lewis's definition of friendship. I think is the pursuing a shared love together mm. it's out there and you're kind of heading towards it together mm. hmm. and you have this commonality that develops around that well i i did want to end or move towards ending by talking about application mm-hmm. so you had a couple points in your sermon where you talked about a few points of application but i think um i i was left feeling like okay so what next what mm-hmm. what do we do mm-hmm. what's what's the outtake i think there's obviously some some obvious ones I feel like like show perfect courtesy right Mm -hmm. I felt like that had to be caveated for me at least um, with not just on Sundays right so Mm -hmm. make it actually a part of your life Mm -hmm. and I thought another caveat for that one was to look for opportunities to speak the gospel right Mm -hmm. so what's that old um, share the gospel at all times and if necessary use words Mm -hmm. it's like no, and find the time to use words or find the place to use words, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like that was a big application point for me was showing perfect courtesy, not just on Sundays, making it part of your life, and then look for opportunities to actually speak the gospel too. Because I think you said it without saying it. You said 
you know, showing perfect courtesy gives you a platform, but that platform then is to be used to to share the gospel, to share Christ's love. Mm. Um, That's that brings thoughts? up a dan- maybe a danger too of like we can interpret perfect courtesy as never stepping on toes and never uh, saying hard things or never. Showing gritty love towards somebody, you know, we know mm-hmm. we know that love needs to look like if you're about to die, I'm gonna save you even if mm-hmm. it hurts you. You know, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, in our in our don't trigger people culture, like perfect courtesy cannot mean I never say anything that's awkward or I ne- mm-hmm. you know I never cause you to feel awkward even when it's necessary. You know? mm-hmm. I don't know. Any thoughts on that kind of a thing? Or man, I love looking at Jesus as the example of how to get mad, how to cry, how to challenge authority, how to you know agree with people because because there's this whole range of interactions you see with Jesus with people. So. Um, I think that's helpful just to see that because yeah, Jesus, Jesus doesn't just never say hard things or mm. always say sweet things. You know, like mm. there's a whole range mm-hmm. of ways that he talks to people, which is is helpful for me because I, my preference would be to take this too far in the sense of never never trigger or never upset people. You know, mm. yeah, um, we have problems with what words are used. I, mm-hmm. I focused on the Kurdish word because it was in the text. Mm-hmm. Other translations use consideration. Or humility, perfect humility, mm-hmm. and you know Jesus was all of those. He was considering what the other person needed, mm-hmm. uh, and the other word we have a problem with is kindness. We think kindness sometimes is only acting a certain way towards people. Mm-hmm. Kindness may mean saying, you know, I got something really hard I need to say to you, mm-hmm. and it, it's going to upset you, but you need to know this. Mm-hmm. Um, kindness speaks truth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That be, being for them, even when it, it makes me think of a uh, was it Keller that did the the beauty of self forgetfulness yes. little thing. <laughs> That's what it keeps bringing up in my mind is mm-hmm. even when it's going to cause me pain to tell you the truth mm-hmm. you need, I am for you. So I, I'm, I can move mm-hmm. past like this is going to make things awkward for me or this is going to not be fun. Um, but I'm for you, even even yeah. when that's true. You know? Yeah, the doctor winces when he gives a bad diagnosis, mm. but he still gives the bad diagnosis. Mm. The good doctor winces when he gives the bad diagnosis. Good doctor. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Other application thoughts? Obviously, I think, I keep saying obviously, I think, love those around you. Uh, I think... Well, I think the more pointed one I had there was the very first one that said, Try naming some people. Ask God to help you name some people that you are not showing perfect courtesy to. Because mm. what I was hoping was, then as we went through the rest, that it would show you, well, this is why you can, and this is mm. what God has done to enable you to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go around the room. Tell us your names of people you're not showing perfect courtesy to. Let's do it, but just beep them out. That'd be really fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mine is... What's yours? Uh, we can't live beep though, so sorry. yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, <laughs> once we get our little USB button box, we yeah. can have a live beep on there. That would be dangerous. It'd be really important to have. Uh, I think also <laughs> it'd be important. Yes, it's so important to have a live beep button here in our podcast. Uh, I think supporting missionaries is is kind of a, a few steps down the road, down the mm-hmm. down the road. I don't know, a few steps removed maybe, but I feel like that was really related because they're in other places doing this there to be a platform for the gospel mm. thinking maybe missions even going on missions jordan mm. plug anybody want to go to jordan mm. to the middle east mm-hmm. with us uh, this may shoot the office an email office at bgrace.org mm-hmm. i think those are the ones that i mostly the ones i wrote down any other thoughts on application for this well passage? i just think especially for the military guys you know i know there are there is a variety of types of bosses out there that you have to work for mm. And uh, and being a person who is full of integrity and shows the courtesy that they need and also is willing to uh, say hard things, uh, you know, and putting aside, oh, th- this might happen to me or that might happen to me, being honest, not the kind of honesty that's trying to hurt somebody, but the kind of honesty that's trying to help the situation like, like Daniel did. Mm. Uh, it's really valuable for the military guys to be able to 
to be what they need to be in their job and to honor God with their lives. Uh, you don't have to conform to all the ways other people do stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, you'll take heat for it. Uh, but I think in the end, uh, mm-hmm. even if you don't get honored by the men here, you'll get honored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in those lines, too, the opposite is true. In the military, a lot of times you'll hear, you know, oh, I can't speak truth or blah, blah. But also, you can not talk garbage and you can not, mm-hmm. um, yeah. um, you know, be complaining all the time, right? Mm-hmm. That's another way to show that yeah. courtesy, too. That's the one I was going to bring up. That speak speak evil of no one. Mm. I think that's really that's a hard one because mm. that's like our national pastime. Mm-hmm. Wives get together and talk about how terrible your husbands are, and uh, guys, guys get, get together, together and talk, talk about, about the weather. Or oh. The weather. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, in any way, that's that's one that's going to take years of wrestling with and working out for me for sure. Like, what does that look like in every arena, in mm-hmm. politics or in marriage or in you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the boss, yeah. Whatever coworkers, you know, what, what does that mean? Oh, Speak yeah. evil of no. One. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, this oh, got it pretty easy. That's co-workers. good. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts, ideas, applications, benedictions. Ooh. No. You, I will say, when Jim gave the benediction, you got an applause at the end of your benediction second service. So, Dave, oh. you got it. You got it. the bar has been raised. <laughs> Whatever you did, it was like a holy glow, and everyone applauded you. Wow. Yeah, good job. I, I, I totally missed it. <laughs> and then he body surfed across the ground. <laughs> yes, yes. The lights flashed on and off. Oh, that, was, that was already happening. Yeah, that was before. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, cool. Good. It was great. It was really good. Mm. Well, thanks for being here, Jim. We'll have you back next week. <laughs> Zooming on that Silence. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in. This has been Sunday Recap. To catch more podcasts and sermons, visit begrace.org slash podcast. To check out Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org.